You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. been a rough couple of weeks. I think it's always like that this time of the year, isn't it? How ironic often. I remember when I was working in uh, various restaurants in the Upper West Side and other places around this time of the year, they would always be playing that, like, holiday jingles and things like that. It's the hap- happiest time of the year. It's hard to feel that way when it's not. And it's that dissonance often, I think, that, that contrast between actually the way we feel and the way we're supposed to feel at this time of the year that's very stark. So it's not easy. Winters aren't easy. And this one in particular has been very difficult here in this community and in the broader communities that we belong to. I was at a, um, a conference for, for rabbis trying to hone rabbinic vision. And they brought in somebody who was a student of a well-known TED Talk um, speaker, someone quite, quite successful at giving TED Talks, Simon Sinek. Anybody ever see Simon Sinek? Wrote a book called Start With Why. Start With Why. And his assumption was that human beings, organizations, companies in general should begin with a why. What's your reason for being? What's the reason for this life? What's the reason for your company? What's the reason for your family? You can have why statements. And that when we hone in on the why, which he called the center of the golden circle, the how and the what are secondary. How you market, how you bring in customers, all those kinds of things. Begin with why. Start with why. And I, I, first of all, of course, resonate with that. Because as a, a religious Jew and also as someone who is very steeped in very spiritual traditions, it's very important for us to clarify our motivations, isn't it? We should try to get to the bottom of why things happen. Why is a kind of crucial question. And also secondarily, not because of my vocation, but because as a father of two children, five and under, I get the why questions all the time. Abba, why is the sky blue? Abba, why does it get dark so early? I'm surrounded by wise guys. And they, um, they raise up the power in a why. The power of a why is that it unsettles fixities, It kind of doesn't let us live on the surface of things. The why questions disclose our deepest motivations. So given that this Shabbat is the Shabbat before the Hanukkah holiday, why do we celebrate and light Hanukkah candles? So there's the historical accurate, inaccurate. That there were a, a group of Maccabees, militants, who fought against the Syriacs or Syrian Greeks 
It was a victory of the few against the many. It was something to be proud of. Jews fight back, even if more likely there were more Jews than there were Hellenists or more Jews than Greeks, even if it didn't exactly happen like that. There's the historical narrative that has a victory march. Why do we light Hanukkah candles? Why do we have a holiday? Because we were victorious. The rabbis weren't very comfortable with the military narrative. And so the rabbis spun a different narrative. You see, there was one year when we missed, right, Sukkot, the eight-day holiday that, that occurs in the fall, and it happened to be that that year also we discovered a jar of oil and the jar of oil, which should have been only for one day. It was a little jar that could. <laughs> that little jar became a miracle. And so many beautiful Torahs, it was a miracle for eight days because there was divided into one-eighth per day and one-eighth per day lasted for the full day. Or maybe the miracle was that they found it at all. Or maybe the miracle was that they looked for it at all. Maybe the miracle, the why for the holiday is something about. But maybe, maybe the why of the holiday Maybe the why of the holiday is not sufficiently answered with history, however inaccurate or accurate it is, or a jar of oil. Maybe it's something else that I'd like to entertain tonight. Maybe we light the candles. Maybe the why we light is because we have to. Maybe the why we light every year is because if we don't light, we're less than human. That lighting a candle at a time when the sun and the moon have receded and pulled away from giving light, when nothing beyond us is offering illumination, at a moment when we are called back into the moment in creation before there were a sun and a moon, that moment before the first day where the book of Genesis says, and there was darkness on the face of the deep. It was dark. And God's voice rang out, and God said, let there be light. Before God created a day and a night and a sun and a moon to illuminate those moments, God created light in response to darkness and to be Fully human is to imitate that divine moment. The poet Mark Nepo writes that each of us born in life is like a simple wooden match with its phosphorus tip. We have the lighted fire within us and carry it everywhere we go. The nature of living as a spirit on earth is that like a simple match, we enter all of our days needing to strike or to be struck against the things of the world in order to ignite our aliveness. There is no getting around the fundamental fact that we need to interact with everything in order to manifest the wholeness we are born with. Sometimes we do the striking, sometimes the striking happens to us. Sometimes the friction of life is painful, even devastating, and sometimes the rub of life can be liberating. But often he writes, out of fear. Out of fear, we avoid the touch of life. 
as if this will somehow protect us from the wear and tear of existence. But refusing to be struck or to strike, refusing to touch life, leaves us unlit. Refusing to touch life leaves us unlit. Why do we light on Kharka? Because there's no light in the world. It's the end of the month, the moon has receded, there's no moon, there's no sun, it's the solstice, there's no light, it's pre-creation. Imitate God. You who have a soul that is phosphorus, you who have a soul that needs to rub against life in order to be in pain and also to be alive, you who are alive, if you don't touch life, if you don't light, if we don't light, we have to. We have to light. We can't hide. We can't pull back. The story tomorrow morning that we'll read that will take us through the next three weeks is the Joseph narrative, the last 13 chapters of the book of Genesis. And those 13 chapters every year coincide with the Hanukkah holiday. And as the sun and the moon recede, Joseph will be born into prominence and then he himself also will share his dreams. He will share his gift. He will be the drama of the gifted child. He would say, here I am. I am the dreamer. And in his immaturity and maybe his brazenness and his pompousness, Joseph will tell his brothers and flaunt his multicolored coat. <laughs> and then that blazing individual who the rabbis say was beautiful and spent time priming his hair and wearing makeup, that dreamer, that visionary, will be stripped of his coat of leadership and he will be thrown into a pit. He will descend into a dark place and everyone will want to know every year, will Joseph be redeemed? I'm reminded when I'm thinking about it this week about the myth of, of Icarus, and people know the myth that his father, Daedalus, I hope I said that right, made wings for his son and said, fly. And the wings were, were crafted from big feathers and small feathers. The big feathers were sewn in, but the small feathers were pasted with wax. And then he was given the shape of a, a wing. And his father gave him directions. He said, he said, Icarus, my beloved, he gave him kisses, two kisses. He gave him two kisses and he said, Icarus, fly, fly, but don't come too close to the sun lest the heat of the sun melt the wax and you plummet and don't go too low to the sea lest the mist of the sea will bring you down. Just fly. And Icarus in his excitement, in his Joseph telling his stories, he, tell, he goes, he flies to the sun too close, it melts. And all his father sees are the familiar feathers floating above where he drowns. And the moral of the story, of course, for almost all of us is beware of hubris. Beware of flying too close to the sun. Beware of being too big. Beware of having too big your dreams. Beware of telling them to your neighbors. Beware of telling them to your friends. Beware of, of the gift because you have to be careful about it. And sure, that's part of the moral. But what about the other side, says Seth Godin? What about the lesson of don't fly too low? 
What about the lesson of when it's dark, don't stay down where it's dark? What about the lesson of the sun and the moon have receded and you've been burned by the sun, you've been burned by your brothers who've thrown you into a pit and everybody wants to know, will you rise again in the winter of your grief, in the confusion of your moment? Will you rise again? Will you, in the face of no illumination, find your own inner source? That's what we want to know. Will Joseph find his own inner lamp? And will he rejoin the brothers who scarred him so? Or will he just stay hidden in the land of Egypt? We live our lives flying very low on the radar. We need holy chutzpah. We need sacred maxi. Hanukkah is the holiday of sacred maxi. Anybody tell me, where does Hanukkah appear in the Bible? Anybody? Nowhere. Anybody tell me, where is the allusion to the holiday of Hanukkah in other sources? Does it have its own book? Apocryphal. But do we read it? It has 25 lines in the Talmud. We created our own holiday. We humans... We didn't wait for God to say it's okay. We didn't wait for the Mishnah to say it was okay. We made our own holiday. You know why? We were just imitating God. There was darkness on the depths, and God said, let there be light. And each and every one of us says, why do I light? What do you mean, why do I light? Do I have a choice? I light, therefore I am. I light, therefore I am. So this Hanukkah this week, when we light candles, and you set out your little menor- your menorah, your Hanukkah, I invite you to light because we're commemorating a victory. Maybe. Could be. Maybe light to commemorate the spirituality of having found a jar of oil. Maybe light because of all the beautiful dreidels and the sufganiyot and the jelly donuts, or maybe light because the price you pay for receding from lighting is too great. On a weekend when we will remember 26 children, on a weekend when we as a country are feeling the scars of what has taken place over the last month and the last centuries, On a weekend where everything in us is saying, you know something? I got to have a why. We need to light because that's what it is to be human. We need to get up and say, I have light. I'm not going to stay flying low above the sea. The sun can burn me, but I'm going to keep rising. I'm going to keep rising. I'm going to keep rising because, because I have to. So if any wise guy asks you why, you say, kacha, because.